Hello, friends. Welcome to Extra Tomorrows, where we explore ideas, attitudes, and perspectives to make your tomorrows extra. On episode 10, I have the pleasure of speaking with Edie Amon, the executive director of Maddie's Footprints, which is an organization that helps families who have experienced miscarriages, stillbirths, or the loss of an infant in South Louisiana. She is also the race director for the Lugaroo 20, 40, 60, and 100 miler, as well as the Footprints Forever 5K run walk that is happening this Saturday, October 14th. Let's get right into it. Well, Edie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, I was uh, uh, talking with Sandra Bullock-Smith, and she recommended you. She was like, there's this race down here and this race director, and she's a diamond (laughs) of a a race director. You would love to have her on. So welcome. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, can you kind of give like uh, a little background of like who is Edie? generally as a person and then like sort of uh, your kind of like running journey? Sure, sure. Well, my I, I joke about it. I say, you know, my paying job because I do race directing on the side, but my main job, um, I'm the executive director for a local nonprofit. Um, we work with families who have uh, either pregnancy loss or infant loss. We pay for the burial and we also do professional grief counseling after. So that's pretty time consuming when I'm not putting on races. So, mm-hmm. but um I mean, other than that, I I came about race directing kind of honestly, I guess. I started, you know, running roads and moved into trails and started doing ultras. Um, And we had one race on our local trail, and it's where we train. And it was kind of falling apart. And the guy didn't, he wasn't doing a great job. He wasn't cleaning the trail after. It was was kind of, he wasn't respecting our home trail. So it was kind of a sense of, we can do better than that. So I kind of got together with all my trail running friends and got their commitment, and they all jumped on board as well. And we started Lugaroo that very next year. So it's been, this is our seventh year putting on Lugaroo at Chico State Park in uh, Ville Platte, Louisiana. Nice. And Chico State Park, that's with a T on the end, right? Correct. Yes. Like many things around that part of the country, there's a, so a Lugaroo is spelled like L-O-U-P, right? G-A-A-R-O-U-P? Uh, no B, just at, uh, G-A-R-O-U. Yeah. Okay. It's, just, it's a, a French term for werewolf. Right. And y'all have a lot of werewolves there? <laughs> Not that I've come found yet. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised that we have a lot of critters here, so you never know. Well, you know, sometimes when those uh, hundred milers come through in, in the aid station, especially in the later parts, you, you know, they can be mistaken for all sorts of things. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You know, it's funny though because I do the race has everything from twenty miler up to a hundred, and the the hundred milers are usually the most relaxed, laid back people. It more likely some of the twenty milers would resemble a lugaru more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I put on uh one one year I put on a 50k and uh a half marathon. And the folks in the half marathon, you know, they might scratch their leg on something they say, "Oh my goodness, I need a band-aid or whatever." You guys got it. You guys got medical here? And then um and then the 50k, I remember seeing one of the guys come through the aid station. He was like holding onto his arm and his family came up to him. They're like, you okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I got to go. I got to go. I gotta, you know, I want to beat these cutoffs. And I saw on Facebook later, he had like <laughs> broken his hand or something. You oh, know, and yeah. he's just like, you know, like, whatever. It's fine. I got to finish this race, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And when I first started running ultras, that was one thing that made, used to make me laugh. <clears throat> Excuse me, were the signs that would say, you know, if the bone ain't showing, keep on going. And that's oh, nice. kind of the mentality for longer distances, you know? 
<laughs> yeah. And so you've been doing this, putting on this race for a few years, right? Since Correct. Like, is yeah. it 2017 or something, I think? Yeah, this will be our seventh year for this one. And um, before that, I put on Red Dirt Ultra. And I just last year handed that one off to a friend. Okay, cool. And uh, and then the 100 miler is a newer addition to that race, right? No, it's been it's been the 2040 okay. 60 or 100 from the beginning. Okay, cool. So Nice. Well, kind of. Can you kind of tell me about the race and what makes it special? And like Chico State Park. I don't. I'm. Uh, I grew up in the South, but now I'm in Montana. So you know, I don't. You know, mosquitoes. What are those? I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh man, we've got mosquitoes. But uh, no, Luger is. A, it's a great trail. Uh, Chico State Park. It's it's our favorite trail to go train on. Um, for us, we don't. We can't run out our door and get to a trail, so we have to drive about 45 minutes to it. But the trail is absolutely beautiful. You have everything on that trail. It's the quintessential Louisiana trail. You have the cypress forest. You run through uh, over long bridges through the swamps. You have the climbs where you get to the hardwoods and you have piney woods. I mean, there really is a little bit of everything. And it, But there's a lot of times where you're run, running along the side of a swamp next to you. And it's absolutely beautiful. So it's, it's, our, it's just it's such a spiritual place. And it, it kind of pulls in every element of every Louisiana trail in one place. Mm -hmm. And you have to forgive my ignorance, but like, are there times where you're trying to, where you got to shoo some sort of animal off the boardwalk to, to get through? <laughs> no, we haven't had that happen once in a while. Pretty rarely, usually in the summertime when we're out there training, you'll see off to the side an alligator, but during, especially because we run this race in December. So rare, very rarely people don't see, very much wildlife. You might see deer early in the morning, um, an occasional snake if it happens to be a warm day and they come out to sun themselves on the trail. But other than that, no, it's, it's actually a pretty calm trail out there. Do you uh, do you end up with uh, any any folks doing a little bit of swimming out there? Not yet. The Not yet. No, the trail, the, the the long foot bridges are just wide enough for two people to pass, and there okay. are no railings on it. They're not, the water's not deep. I mean, you might go knee deep in the water. It's not a big, you know, it's not like yeah. you're going to drown in there. But uh, no, not yet. I'm waiting. One of these days, somebody's going to get wet, but it hadn't happened yet. Yeah, and <laughs> I think I saw that you had you had written that you'd you've done Rocky Raccoon before. Yes, but um, I mean. I mean, there's it, there's not much elevation or anything to speak of there, but I, I found myself like ending up on the ground quite a few times just from like a little root or just like, oh, the bridge is just a little weird here, right. you know, where they just have those random little bridges for getting around a puddle, I guess. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. We, um, Chico is kind of similar to Rocky in some ways. It's got, Chico has about, the loop has about 2,500 feet of gain per loop, but it's a lot of little ones. It's a lot of little roller coasters, a few longer climbs. A lot of roots, so you have to pay attention to where you're running because um, just all the trees. It's most of the trail is single track, so it's trees right alongside the trail with you. So it really is a beautiful spot to run. Yeah, sounds like there's good coverage usually too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess during the winter though, it, it's pretty deciduous, right? So there's probably a little more light during that, the, a little bit, but um, a, a little bit, but still a lot of coverage. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm sensitive to that just cause I have had some skin cancer removed from my shoulder from running in singlets <laughs> for so many years, but, um, and, but no, there's mostly, even in the winter time, for the most part, you have coverage out there. Nice. Cool. Well, uh, can you tell me a little bit about can, uh, kind of like, what's the running culture out there where you are? I mean, you said that, you know, you can't run right out the door, so there might be some parts where it's like a little more 
concentrated groups around like these parks or whatever. So can you kind of tell me what that's like down there? Yeah, well, you know, when I first started running, there wasn't really a lot of people running trails in this area because of the access. Um, and then I start, I hooked on with a bunch of guys that would go up to Chico regularly. And we started going out just better every week and I started bringing more with us. So we have a pretty good trail running group here where, but we'll organize trail runs where we're all head out there together, um, which is nice. We built a really good community around that. For the most part, our training, like right now, most of my training is on the road, um, really until it cools off a little bit and some of the some of the mosquitoes and bugs calm down. Because Chico, not only for mosquitoes, but it's horse flies and you know, in the in the summertime. So we've done it, but it's a rough run when you go out there. But um, but no, our our community, trail running community is pretty strong. We have, you know, during the week we'll have park and tower runs because there's no hills. So we have to go to park and towers to get some hill work in, you know. So we mm-hmm. kind of change it up a little bit. But um but it's a pretty pretty good solid. We have people from here go around all over the country and do trail races. So it's, people are really invested in it. Nice. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I've done, done one race down in Louisiana, but I can't even remember where it was. Uh-huh. Something about a dog. There was a dog involved. 50K. There's, there used to be a big dog ultra up in Shreveport. In big that area. dog. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It I don't was think, a I don't think they put that one on anymore, but yeah. Oh, I ruined it for him. Goodness. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I lived in Austin, it was similar during the summer. If there was water, when we were in the middle of a drought, no problems. But during when there's water there, it's like, yeah, you get people would, you know, put things on their hat to catch the horse flies. And then, I mean, I would end up ripping a branch off of something to kind of just swap my way for and run as fast as I can until I could get away from them. It's just miserable. It is. It is. They, it's good speed work, though, because they will chase you. They are very oh. relentless. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to, you know, breathe with your mouth closed. You'll end up eating them. Ugh, that's the worst. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, cool. And uh, how many people do you end up with in, in, the, uh, in, in your race? Usually I have between um, two and 300 total. Um, about half, well, maybe a little less than half of that is the 100 miler. And then it's spread out. Um, a lot of people like the 40 mile distance because it's, it's a easy, it's not quite a 50 K cause a lot of people, you know, kind of look down on 50 Ks. I don't know why, cause they can be very hard, but, um, so with 40 mile does well. And then a hundred mile, we usually have between 30 and 50 hundred milers out there. And is this, uh, what's the layout of the course? Is it, it uh, 20 loops. mile loops? Yeah, it's 20 mile loops. You run around Lake Chico. So uh-huh. the whole time you yeah, have the lakes at your side, the whole time you're running. Oh, cool. So you have a, you know, full, you're at the start finish where a bunch of your stuff is for right. every 20 miles. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And we have our aid stations are fantastic because we have it's, we have it's all locals and it's all trail runners and ultra runners that do our aid stations and they love it. Man, they cook. The runners all joke about leaving heavier than they came because they eat really. And we have always have a big gumbo at the finish and we have a local brewery that donates beer. So it has a really good old school atmosphere to the race. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. There's uh I I read some stuff uh just kind of switching gears into your to your work you're doing now. I was uh reading some background and and started reading about that organization and I was at this coffee shop and I was just like <laughs> you know, it looked like someone had just broken up with me cuz I was just like tears streaming down my face like reading the origin story and everything. Yeah. And uh that's a that's a really cool organization that you know, it's 
it's really tough for people to go through something and then like, and then pile on top of that, like, okay, you've got to do all of this other, all of these other things, like something right. that could be a beautiful thing or, and, and will also be a stressful thing, like dealing with, um, you know, saying goodbye to someone who you barely met or didn't meet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's, we, we feel a gap because, you know, if somebody loses an eight-year-old child, the community knew that child and they're more invested in it. With our parents, when they lose a baby, especially if it's a miscarriage or even a stillbirth, the family's invested, but our parents, a lot of times, they don't feel like their grief is justified. So it's our job to make sure that they 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 have a place to grieve and they have an honest place where they can be open and talk about their baby without anybody, any judgment. Because the mm-hmm. outside world just doesn't understand it. And especially for women, for, for many years, women have just been told to get over it, you know, and move on mm-hmm. and, and you'll, you can have more kids. So it's a good place for our parents to kind of have a safe space. Yeah. And it's, I, it's also, I could imagine, you know, it's like you, it's something you, some people don't want to talk about it once it's happening. You're just like still just trying to deal with your own grief and then like feelings of maybe, oh, is it my, is it something I did or, you know, some, uh, some feelings of failure or inadequacy or whatever. And then like having to, hey, please help me with this. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is a, it is a very complicated grief. It is. Uh, and many levels, cause we also work with the grandparents, you know, so if your child has a miscarriage, then the grandparent wants to help, doesn't know how to help, but they're also mm-hmm. grieving the grandbaby as well. So it's, I mean, it's a very complicated type of grief that we deal with. And where do y'all get funding for doing all this? Events. Um, actually, Next weekend on the 14th, we have uh, our 5K we put on, and it's about 1,400 people that participate mm-hmm. um, and our, our families fundraise. And that one usually covers the burial for about 130 babies throughout the year. Um, so but we have multiple events like that, and we get a lot of community contributions as well. Okay. And this, uh, let's see, that event, so it's October 5th, and the event happens? It's the 14th. The 14th. Yeah. And uh, what's the name of that? It's uh, Footprints Forever. Our organization is Maddie's Footprints, mm-hmm. and this is Footprints Forever 5K. Okay, cool. I can put a link to that in the show notes too. Awesome. Because uh, where, where is this exactly? It's in Lafayette, Louisiana. Lafayette. All right. And what <laughs> what is that near? Um, it's on I-10. It's like halfway okay. between, yes, it's between Lake Charles or Houston and uh, Baton Rouge. So it's right in the middle of Louisiana on I-10. Okay. Okay. I've heard of Lake Charles. Yeah. There was a movie made about that part of the country, I think. The was it Blue Vinyl? Have you seen that? Uh, no, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see it. It's depressing. Yeah. Um, Lake Charles is a different a little different culture than here. It's more Texas than it is Louisiana. So it's a little mm-hmm. different. Yeah, the the people that I know from the, Lake Charles live in Austin now. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so that makes sense. All right, cool. I want to know more about this race. So there's a 20 mile loop. Mm-hmm. So if I were to go over there, do a hundred mile, is it, what's the cutoffs? It's 30 hours. Um, and it's the same cutoff for everybody. So if okay. somebody wants to come out and hike, um, hike the 20 miler, the 20 milers start an hour later. So they'll have 29 hours, but all the distances have the same amount. We're, we're going to be out there for the hundred milers. So I didn't see a reason to have a, you know, other cutoffs or the other distances. And it kind of opens it up, you know, um, was it, Two years ago, Ann Trayson, who you, I'm sure you've heard of, the um, ultra runner, she's a legend. 
she came down and she's struggling right now with uh, rheumatoid arthritis. So her, mm-hmm. she has mobility issues, but she wanted to do an ultra in every state. So she contacted us and she came out and she hiked the 40 miler with, with her trekking poles. And she got, she had plenty of time to do it. You know, she, she knew she knew she could get it done. So, and she did. And it was obviously a pleasure to have her out here too. So it's, it's very beginner friendly. Um, the whole point of putting on this race is to draw people into the woods to get mm-hmm. people to see and get them to experience the culture of it. Um, you know, trail running, you know, I love my road runner friends too, but trail running has such a different culture. You know, if trail running, if somebody's hurt on the trail, people will sacrifice their own race to stop and help them. You know, it's just a totally different culture. And I want people to come out, especially my road runners who maybe want to get away from the stress of that. Mm-hmm. They can come out and actually relax and enjoy the woods and challenge themselves in a different way. You know, it's, it makes people adjust their thinking a little bit to where they're not so focused on their mile splits as they are just looking around the beauty of the, of the area, you know, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what we want to do is just, we want to pull people out here and just get them to see how, how amazing this trail is and, and just how cleansing trail running is and how relaxing. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, kudos to you for making it more accessible because I, I've heard people put this forth before talking about like, hey, you know, you got these old people that want to do it, but like they just can't make those cutoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them have trouble sleeping anyway, so let them start like three hours early or whatever. Right. Um, this one, you know, you have a different way of accommodating folks, but um, I've even seen this uh, across the years. They're trying to do this where it's like if you start the race you know, you start like one of those shorter races where they're going to be out there for the six day race. So it's like, we'll just let them, let them take whatever, four days to do 50 miles or whatever. Right. Right. Exactly. When that's kind of my, you know, I, I remember when I was just running roads, people would, you know, the faster people would really scoff at the slower people in the back. And I never understood it. It's like, what does it matter to you? You're finished and you're having a burger and a beer. If they're Mm -hmm. still out there running, you know, what does it matter? You know, let, Mm -hmm. let people have their own experience out there, you know, and you've seen it. I mean, if you're around the sport long enough, their life-changing things happens at these races, you know, people, they, they, Mm -hmm. their whole life, they're empowered in every aspect of their life. When they finish, it doesn't matter if it takes them 10 hours or 30 hours, you know, so I mean, why not give them the opportunity to do that? Yeah, it's it is amazing. I, I one thing I you were kind of t- touching on was the um, you know, getting people from the roads to the trails, <clears throat> and I think about this a lot with um, like getting with like women in trail running because I'm always like when I'm out in the trail, like way out, I'll be like you know. I'm first, I got to make sure there's no bears, you know, I got to make sure I'm not going to get murdered out here. We have bears and we have some mountain lions and sometimes there's elk and moose and stuff, but, um, not so much the elk and moose usually, but, um, but I'll be out there and then, you know, I'll see some, see a, 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 a woman out there running. And I am like, usually I have a goal of like smiling at three different people during my run. And, uh, but I, I don't do it as much when it's further out in the trail because I don't want to freak them out. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, you know, I don't know. I think about that for my, for myself. I'm like, well, no, I could hear me die and scream out here. So whatever, I'll die in peace if I do die. Um, but I, you know, I worry about that for folks because yeah, even in Austin, I mean, it's a different now, but back then it was pretty tame as far as, uh, wild people out camping on the trails or whatever. Uh, but there were still people getting assaulted, like on trails that were kind of in town. And so I could imagine that like, 
hey, go out to like some state park and run on some border walk in the middle of the swamp or whatever, it can be very intimidating for um, for folks. And I guess one of the big ones is, I mean, it's, it's so you, I would think, oh, run with a group. But I know you, like me, probably a lot of time like to run by yourself as well. I mean, yeah. it's fun to group run, but you can't, don't always have the same goals as to run with as same goals right. as the other people that you might be running with. Right. What do you think that, what do you think are the ways to kind of help, you know, safe ways to, for newer people to approach it that are afraid of like going out and running in the wilderness by themselves? Yeah. Well, you know, we have, a, um, at, at least for us and this might, I'm sure there's, it applies in other areas as well, but we have a local trail running group that I started and it's a private Facebook page and we screen people before we admit them. So that way, if a, if a woman puts out there that she wants to go and run in the woods and somebody wants to join them, we know who they are. They'll mm-hmm. put where they're going. Um, so at least we know what's who's out there and what's going on. We're very careful with that, just you know, as careful as we can be, just to, to give them an option like this is a safe place. So if you tell people you'll be in the middle of the woods by yourself, at least in this group, there's no danger from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll do we'll do group runs and go out there with the understanding that we start together and we finish together, but everybody's on their own um, during yeah. the run. So you can spread out and do your own thing, but everybody sits and waits and mm. know, knows you're out there and they're waiting for you. Uh, you know, I've, I've said this many times because I've run so many nights for, through hundred milers, just through the dark in the woods by myself. And I don't mind doing it at all. I'd much rather be, I, it, I don't, I don't look forward to the idea of it, but I'd much rather be killed by a bear or something than by some man on the streets. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd prefer trail running at night than road running. I think my odds are better, better on the trails, actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably statistically, you're safer that way. But then there's just like this horror stories we might tell ourselves of like some creep in the woods. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So uh, or, you know, oh, gosh, like one of the f- f- movies that was filmed where I'm from is deliverance, right? Like, Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not, let's not hope that happens. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, I mean, the, the good thing is that, you know, we're runners. So, you know, right. you run away. <laughs> true. Yeah. We've had a couple little encounters out there, but it's mainly like people just going to smoke pot in the woods or, you know, it's not, nothing really scary. Um, when, mm-hmm. This is one funny story. One girlfriend of mine who's a fabulous, fast, fast runner, she was running at Chico and she was almost at the trailhead. And there was a guy on the side of the trail with a camera set up and he was taking nude pictures of himself with the camera. So he had, he had the timer on and she saw it from ahead and he didn't see her yet. So she just knew she, man, she just dropped the hammer and ran as fast. He didn't even know what happened. She, she wow. blew past fast, but he didn't, there, he wasn't, I don't think he was going to harm anybody. He was just out there taking pictures for whatever profile he wanted to put out there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was yeah. going to say he probably peed his pants, but he, it sounds like he wasn't wearing any. <laughs> exactly. <It> was not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh it's a, uh, yeah. My, uh, I have, my sister lives in Brooklyn and it's, it's a totally different thing there, you know? So it's like, and she's just getting into running. Um, ran the hood to coast recently with a a group or whatever and so jumped right into it but like yeah getting out there and like you know starting to get winter it gets dark earlier and then you're just gonna go run around i worry about that for you know for yeah for my loved ones you know sure well and i'll you know go ahead no well i always run i mean even in my neighborhood because you never know because you know when that 
teacher in Memphis was abducted and killed. She was on her normal route and the people who abducted her, it, it was just convenience. You know, it was just, um, they were it just, she was at the wrong place at the right time for them, you know? So when mm-hmm. I run, um, I always run, I have a can, I think a pepper spray in my hand, but I also have, it's a self-defense ring. It's called go, go guarded is the name of the company, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's a ring that slides on and it's got a very sharp edge to it. It's got a plastic covering so you won't hurt yourself with it, but it has a very sharp edge to it, which would give you. So if they knock the pepper spray out your hand, they're not getting that ring off your finger. So wow. you know, it's little things like that to where even just give you enough of an edge to get away. Cause that's your whole goal is just to get away if something happens. So yeah, yeah. all my guy friends, they just go, go out and run on their own and they don't have to think about that, you know, but mm-hmm. all my girlfriends do and they, they run scared a lot of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, luckily here we got bear spray, so. <laughs> but it might look, it might look at you sideways if you're running down the street and where you are with bear spray. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> but well, they'll probably give you a wide berth too. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Thanks for talking with me about that. Cause uh, you know, it's like, I don't want to scare my friends or whatever, but I'm also like, you know, I don't want them to accidentally do something unsafe or, you know, right. I think for most people, you know, I, you see this thing come up on Facebook groups from time to time where they're like, which gun should I carry with me while I run? And then it gets wild. Yeah. Like you're stupid, whatever. And, um, and it's, you know, I, I wouldn't go that direction. I mean, I think you're more likely to shoot yourself. That would be worried about that. You know, I was like, well, hold on, let me take my pack off. I got to get this thing right quick and whatever. Um, I think that like, and then people say, oh, I'll learn to do some kind of Kung Fu or something. But to me, I think the the biggest skill that a lot of people overlook is just like the situational awareness. Like, yeah. hey, yeah. look, there's some sketchy people over there or like there's something weird happening here. What's one of these things is not like the other. Just kind of keeping your head is like kind of the biggest thing or like. Well, I mean, even running on the roads like, hey, it's sunset. Maybe I shouldn't run, you know into people as they're looking at the setting sun because they can't see me, you know? Right. right. Yeah. I, I think you're right. And I think, um, you know, especially for women, you, ha- you just have to get over hurting people's feelings. You know, if I see somebody on the road ahead of me and they make me uncomfortable, I will turn around. I don't, I don't mind. And I don't care if they look at me funny, you know, you just mm-hmm. have to be aware. And especially for my women, I'll, I'll wear the bone conducting earphones on the road but mm-hmm. I keep it really low, especially in the dark. If I can't hear my own feet hitting the ground, I can't hear somebody running up behind me. So right. it's just, it's common sense and it's a little self-preservation, you know? Um, and it's not, you don't have to be paranoid. You don't have to be scared all the time, but you really have to keep your eyes open and keep your wits about you. Yeah. You got to pay attention. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Thanks for talking through that with me. Yeah, no problem. Look, that's a great Christmas gift for your friends is to give them some self-protection devices to take with them. Yeah, I gave one of my sisters uh, one of those bird things. You know what those oh, are? Yeah. yeah. The alarms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I even saw that the new Apple Ultra Watch has some sort of siren on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is anything to get people's attention, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for chatting with me. Uh, I'll uh, put a link to the race in the show notes. And uh, is there anything else you'd, you'd want me to put in there for people to know about? No, I mean, that's about it. Uh, for anybody in Louisiana listening, especially South Louisiana, just for them to look up Maddie's footprints and be aware of it, mm-hmm. aware of what we offer. So if they 
if they hear people that have that type of loss, at least we have, they all have a resource. Um, mm-hmm. Right now we cover 19 parishes in South Louisiana from uh, around Lafayette all the way to around Baton Rouge. Um, mm-hmm. So just awareness for people. So if they do need our services, they can let us let them know. Ah, you're so awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. It's been good talking to you, Scott. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Extra Tomorrows. Thanks again to my guest, EDA Mom. Consider running this fundraising 5K race on this Saturday, October 14th, and or donating to Maddie's Footprints directly. The funds will help provide counseling, pay burial expenses, and other medical expenses that can overwhelm folks during their difficult time. I'll leave links in the show notes for everything. Thanks for listening, and take care.